kids get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the Space Viking, Thor Odinson. Welcome, 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 welcome back to DMR. Thank you for tuning back in. Much obliged. How are you? Hope you are. Well, it's absolutely hammering down here in Sydney. La Nina is back. I think it's for the third time this year or something like that. Who knows? There's crazy weather events happening around the world. So it's absolutely pissing down here in the land of Oz. So hope you checked out my latest review for Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Very dark show, but very good acting in it as well. So today I'm going to be reviewing one of Marvel's latest installments being Thor, Love and Thunder. It came out in July 2022 in the cinema. Jumping on Rotten Tomatoes, we've got a PG-13 rating, 2022 action slash adventure, 2 hours and 5 minutes, very fair. The tomato meter for the critics is at the red tomato, being 64% with 423 reviews from the critics and the audience score at 77% with 10,000 plus verified ratings. So... Let's go over the latest one for Thor. I think this is his fourth movie, Memory Serves. I think we had the first two, original, and then The Dark World. I think we had Thor Ragnarok, and now we've got Thor Love and Thunder. Of course, he's been in all the Avenger movies, or majority of them, I think. And let's see how we go with this particular installment, which I caught on Disney Plus recently. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spooked too soon. So let's go through it. The critics' consensus. In some ways, Thor Love and Thunder feels like Ragnarok Redux, but overall it offers enough fast-paced fun to make this a worthy addition to the MCU. And the audience says, even though Thor Love and Thunder's constant silliness makes it hard to invest in the more serious sides of the story, there's still plenty of things to enjoy. So that is what the audience says as well. So... The MCU, so in my opinion, I'm sure everybody else's opinion as well, or a lot of opinions out there, is that when Infinity War rolled around and then we had Endgame after that, they were massive, massive climaxes to a huge audience in terms of time and years invested in getting to know all of these different superheroes and supervillains, and it all just came to a massive head. The movies were incredible. I really did love Endgame. Infinity War is still very good as well, but I feel Endgame is the better of the two movies. But after that, I think it was just too big, too big a movie for things to basically stack up next to it. And from what we've seen with Marvel that's come out, since then, they've been pretty good movies. Like, you've got the Doctor Strange movie, the Multiverse of Madness, I think it was. You've got this one here as well, being Thor, Love and Thunder. But if you have a look at some of the other content as well, I haven't started to watch it yet, but She-Hulk, I've seen bits and pieces of that show on TikTok, and apparently it is a comedy, but some of it is very, very cringeworthy. 
and you've got CGI that looks like it's from 2001. It's not very good looking. So it raises the question, will this continue with the content that they're pulling out and how are they going to go up against the likes of Infinity War and Endgame as well leading into the future? Will DC take over? in terms of the content, better content. We did see in Zack Snyder's Justice League or Justice is Grey, whatever it was called, absolute ball terror of a movie, four hours long, and it's probably one of the longest movies that have ever been made. You could have cut it up into a four-part series. However, I wasn't bored in it, and a lot of people love that movie as well. So let's go over some of the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder and discuss a little bit more in depth. Jane? old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months and six days. Give or take. Am I, uh, sensing feelings? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> the only ones who gods care about is themselves. So we've got Thor, Love and Thunder, came out in July, gross at the box office, $343.2 million, which is a hell of a lot of money, and you got the distributor, which was Walt Disney Pictures. So funny, come out in July at the theatre, then September 8th it came out, long uh, the days gone when you're back as a kid. When you saw something at the movies, it took about a year to come out on VHS or DVD or whatever it was back then. So, very, very quick turnaround in terms of it hitting the streaming services. Could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, who knows. But we've got the cast and crew. We've got Chris Hemsworth returning as Thor. We've got Natalie Portman, who comes back as Jane Foster and the mighty Thor. She basically can wield the hammer of Thor, which is called Mjolnir, I think it is. And you've got Christian Bale. He is the villain named Gore. He's basically going around killing gods and whatnot with some type of black sword. Tessa Thompson, she comes back as King Valkyrie. And then we've got Takia Watiti, I think that's how you say it. He comes back as Korg, or the old Krogan god. Very, very funny. He's one of the standout characters in the Thor movies. He was in Ragnarok. I'm pretty sure he was in Endgame, I think can't really remember but very very funny character he looks like a big pile of blue rocks very funny then you got russell crowe he stars as zeus he was a little bit of a caricature probably a standout in terms of not the best performance from him i didn't find him all that funny seemed pretty useless as well for such a powerful god in this particular film so the whole theme with this particular movie is you've got christian bale as i mentioned going around killing gods and it's up to Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman to basically go and sort him out with Zeus's Thunderbolt and a whole heap of other things as well. There are two screaming goats in this that they use to travel around through space. Bloody hell, it is funny stuff when you hear them. They just scream all the time. It's just ridiculous. Very funny comic relief for these particular goats. But all in all, it's just another Thor movie where it's just a big popcorn feast, so to speak. Very easy to digest. The good thing about the Thor movies is that Chris Hemsworth plays Thor very, very well. It's very similar to Tony Stark. You look at Thor and you think, okay, that's definitely Chris Hemsworth. That's probably the only Thor that's going to be for a good while anyway. 
and he's very, very funny in the role. The one-liners always do land pretty well in terms of when you hear them up on the screen. So the humor works very, very well in these particular movies. So this is my vow. All gods will die. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. It's just my first bad guy. You never forget your first. You are not like the other gods of Kill. Something worth fighting for. So let's go over the pros and cons of this particular film. So the pros, Chris Hemsworth does an awesome job as always as Thor. I really did like how he went through his training at the start of the film when Korg was basically explaining his story. Went from dad bod to god bod. It was pretty funny. We've also got Natalie Portman. She comes back. She does an okay role, I suppose, as the mighty Thor. A little bit cheesy. But again, Natalie Portman's a pretty good actress, so she fits in quite well, I suppose, with the relationship which she has with Thor. The villain, which is Christian Bale, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Again, not the best villain in the MCU. A lot of the villains are quite weak. So he's not one of the weakest villains that I have seen, but he does a pretty good role, I suppose, in this particular one for Gore. The storyline works pretty well, I think. But with all Thor movies, they are very heavy in terms of CGI. The CGI does look very good in this particular film. There's a part in it where it goes from colour to black and white for a fair bit, and it does look quite good. So they're pretty much the pros. The cons of this particular film, it can be very fast-paced, a little bit hard to track sometimes. You've also got Zeus played by Russell Crowe. I didn't really like his particular character. And how it all ends up at the end of the film with it basically trying to continue Thor's legacy with where the movie goes. But I'm not going to jump into too many spoilers, but I feel it's probably a little bit tired in terms of where they're going to go with this particular character. So the verdict so thor love and thunder was quite a good film to watch i enjoyed it i did catch it on a streaming service on disney plus i didn't go out of my way to see it at the movies however if it is on blu-ray or 4k i'm sure it would work pretty well in my collection so i'll give my number two rating borderline number three so my number two rating is buy it on 4k or blu-ray and my number three rating is it's worth a watch if it's on a streaming service so it kind of sits in between those but it will get the number two from this point onwards so you've really got to ask yourself right now how much longer have marvel got until people start turning away from the content that they're putting out disney's now got a hold of it obviously so they're spitting a lot of content out on Disney+. Plus. Again, I'm not really going to watch She-Hulk. I just can't bring myself to do it. It just looks very cheesy. But I'm wondering if DC is going to start to overtake Marvel now that Endgame and Infinity War are done and dusted. The latest Spider-Man movie was pretty good. I did give it my number one rating when I saw it, but I have watched it again thereafter, and it's kind of like... It's the same old kind of stuff and I don't know how long they've got until people start turning away from their particular content. So thank you for tuning in to my review for Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, there is one more thing as well. The soundtrack in the movie 
kicks ass, a lot of guns and roses. There's a young boy named Axel as well, so they keep going back to that particular character throughout the film. And my little boy's name is Axel as well, so that's why I kind of love that throwback to the Gunners, so very good that. So, again, thanks for tuning in, and as always, I will catch you on the Menjay. Let's see who you are. I take off your disguise. And flick! Oh, you flick too hard, damn it! Shall we help them? I mean, eventually. Grape.